Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good. Good. So, um, let's dive into the scripture. Let's pray first. So, Father, we just thank you for, for the opportunity to be here. Father, we're so thankful for the gift of your Son and all that you've done in our lives and in our hearts. And we just ask that you open our hearts and you open our minds this morning so that we can receive what you have for us this morning. So, we give you the praise for that. Holy Spirit, speak through me and get across what you once said. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So it's cool to be here. Did everyone have a happy Thanksgiving? Yeah, I did too. I'm still eating turkey though. <laughs> right? Turkey's good like for two days, right? And then you're like, but you got so much turkey, you're like, I feel bad because this thing like gave its whole life for me, kind of like Jesus did. And so like I can't let it away. So I'm like, maybe we should just invite a bunch of people over for dinner and then we'll just get rid of it. And then nobody else wants turkey, though. You tell them you're feeding turkey. They're like, no, everybody's like, ah. And, and so this time of year, I guess that's good. That's a blessing. And that's a blessing that we have being in America, right? And, and like, how much God's blessed us and how great he is and how good he is to us. And so, so it's amazing where, how, how we can get going through some stuff. And then we think, you know, I'm just, I'm broke. I'm poor. I ain't got nothing. And I'll tell you what, all you need to cure that is to move. <laughs> I'm telling you, like we've, we've been living in a, in a 30 foot travel trailer and like horse ranches and stuff like that for almost two years. And we just got into a house and um, we had all of our stuff in storage. And so I'm moving that stuff and I'm thinking, we are rich. How did we get all this stuff? And then I'm thinking as I'm moving it, why did we keep all this stuff? <laughs> right? Because it's like just dragging stuff out. I've, I've lived without this for two years, so I'm pretty sure I can live without this forever. Right? And so, so pretty soon we're loading up. We got a, a Nam Sin trailer that belongs to Cross Country Cowboy Church that we're, we're moving in. And so, so I'm bringing it into the garage. Linda's going through it bringing it back out the front door and loading it back in the trailer. And I'm like, what's the point of all this? You know? And so I think sometimes in our lives we get, get where we're thinking, oh, I, if I have this, this will make me happy. Or if I get to this place, then this will make me happy. Or, and what we come to realize is it's all just stuff, right? All that stuff we'll never be able to take with us, Right? And, and half the time we have it for a few months and then we're like, you know what? I don't need it no more, right? Especially like the computers nowadays, right? They last about two weeks, right? And I need like three years to figure out how to turn it on. And so it's like going at the speed of whisking by me, right? But I'm sitting here thinking, it's so fast. And like our phones, I used to trade it out every year because I was like, oh, I got to have the best. And I couldn't operate any of it. It's like... So now I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to let that sucker wear out. And then I'm going to go get it in. And then maybe at least I can 
do a few more things. Like I can do more than just turn it on and answer, hey. <laughs> right? And, but things go so fast. And we think we got to, in, in, our, in our culture, we think that stuff satisfies us. And it does for a moment. But then when that moment's gone, what happens? It's just, it's just gone. And then we got all this stuff we're trying to store and all this stuff we're trying to keep. And it has no meaning. Right? I mean, some of the stuff has meaning. Like, if you're, I got some stuff from my mom and from family members that, like, I, I hang on to because it's got sentimental value. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about stuff. And I think there's a lot of times in our life, too, where we're hanging on to stuff that's not physical, too. We're hanging on to some baggage that comes into our life that we were hurt, like, in... 1962, although I wasn't born in 1962. <laughs> maybe, maybe we were hurt in 2015. And that thing's still clinging to us. And we can't let it go. And sometimes we've forgotten about it. And we've taken it and we've put it in a storage unit. And we've stored it. And we said, you know something? I'll, I'll get to this later. Right? Then we get this other offense. Right? Like, I almost got offended the other day. We were looking, I went, like, I was looking for a bed because, like, when we moved in, our bed ain't going to work anymore, right? And so, we we need a new bed. So, I go into the mattress depot and I'm looking at beds. And they're like, try this one. This one's firm. Try this one. This one's medium. Try this one. This one's soft. And so, I'm laying down on these beds and I'm like, no, this won't work. No, this won't work. Then I get to throw it. This will work. And I looked at the guy, guy, and I was like, I feel like Goldilocks. <laughs> right? Right? With, with, well, this one's too, you know? Well, this one's just right. And one of the guys over there sitting at the desk says, you kind of look like Goldilocks. <laughs> and I was like, I what? I was like, I'm out of here. I ain't buying nothing from you. You know what I mean? And I was offended. It broke my heart, right? No, not, not really. It actually opened the door for me to, to be real with him because he's like, what do you do? I'm a pastor. And he had just been cussing pretty hard. To be. And so he's like, oh, man. He, go, he goes, I hope I didn't offend you with my cussing. I was like, no, but you offended me with your Goldilocks stuff. <laughs> right? And then he just kind of melts, right? But, like, I could take that offense. And 10 years later, I'll be walking into a mattress depot, and I'll be saying, I wonder if he's going to call me Goldilocks. <laughs> you know that dude, he called me Goldilocks. you know what he said? And you know what? It, it wouldn't matter if I did look like Goldilocks. What does Goldilocks look like anyway? I'm sure <laughs> she's not a big old burly guy with a beard. and <laughs> Right? Do I look like a chick anyway? I don't think so, right? <laughs> so I mean, whatever. We are in in Seattle, but like, <laughs> right? But the whole point is, is like, I, I could be offended by that. I could be offended by something, and I can put that, right? An offense is something really cool, because I, I was, um, I'm a cowboy, and I, I see fences. Fences are good, right? But the best fences, actually, for livestock are feed, right? Because if you have enough feed, they, they don't care about the fence, right? But we get a fence, and what that fence does is it makes a barrier, and it keeps them in. 
but it does something else. It keeps other things out. And so when you set up and get an offense, what you're really doing is you're building a fence between you and a person or between you and God. Does anyone ever get offended at God? Hey, come on, I'm meddling now. (laughs) Don't make me feel alone because I'm going to have to say yes to this. Right? Does God ever, does he ever do everything you tell him to do? And then when he don't, are you mad? I mean, am I the only one who's like that? Right? And then, yeah, he's like, yes, you are. <laughs> You're fired. Get out of here. Right? Right? Um, and, right? And we get offended. And we're like, God, that's not the way I told you to do it. And then I forget, wait a second. I'm not God. He is. He's the one that's... Most of the time that that happens is when I do stuff that I know really isn't going to work anyway, and I'm just like, I'll just do this and hope you bless it rather than do what you want me to do. Right? And then still sometimes you do what he tells you to do and you face obstacles, right? Like David had to fight Goliath. I'm sure he wasn't thinking when he was getting anointed king, uh, you know, when he was a kid, hey, guess what? You're going to get to kill a giant. Yoo-hoo! And you're going to have a slingshot to do it. <laughs> right? Right? And so we, we want all these, we want to see God do all these great things. And then we get in the middle of, of the, the trials and the tests and we're like, man, what did I sign up for? What am I here? Where are you at, God? Right? This, and then, then we get offended by him. And there's an offense. There's a fence that gets built up between us and God, and God didn't put it there. And by the way, that's like running from him. It's hard to run from someone who's everywhere. If you build a fence and someone's everywhere, he's going to be on the other side too. Right? So it's kind of stupid, right? Ignorant. Let me not say stupid. It's ignorant, right? That's cowboy talk, sorry. Right? It's ignorant to think that we can ever block anything from a God who gave his only son for you. To come all the way out of heaven, come down to earth in the form of a human and died on a cross for you. He'll do anything and he'll break every barrier. The barrier is not with God. The barrier is in our heart and with him. And we can get offended super, super easy. Right? And so it's important for us not, not just to not get offended with God, but not to get offended with, with other people. Sometimes those things and those people that are talking about you or hurting you, all they're doing is propelling you forward in your, in your um, future, right? When I was in high school, I played football, and um, my coach, I thought he hated me, right? Because, like, I'm a pretty laid-back guy, right? And so he'd come up, and he would make me mad. He would say stuff, and I'd be like, why are you talking to me like that? We're getting ready to play a football game. And I'd go out there, and I'd just picture, I'd see his face on the guy across from me. (laughs) I was like, guess what, buddy? I'm going to show you, coach. And I'd plan him, man. I'd run over to the sideline. Coach would be like, well, you could have done that better. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Then I see the coach's face again, right? It took me about two years. Then I figured out what was going on, 
right? You know what he was doing? He knew how to motivate me. He knew that if he told me I couldn't do something or I didn't do it good enough, I was going to show him up. And so all that negative stuff, it it didn't um, hinder me. It propelled me forward in, in my life. Does that make sense? And that's what God will do with you, too, as, as you trust him. and you I mean, there may be someone who doesn't like you or someone who says something about you. So what? They're not God. The only thing that matters is what God says about you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Right? And so, so the only thing I've found people agree with me on 100% of the time is how handsome I am. <laughs> right? You're not supposed to laugh. That was like a serious point. Right? And so we, we get these offenses built up, and then they become bondage for us. And then, then we, stay, we stay in that bondage, and then we're not walking in the freedom that God has for us. This morning, I mean, you may be here, and you might say, you know, I really don't have anything, you know, in a storage locker like that. Maybe, maybe you don't. Thank you, Jesus. But maybe you do. Maybe we got to just let go and search and say, you know something? I can let that go. Now, don't send it to Goodwill. (laughs) Right? Just burn it. Get rid of it. And release those people and release that hurt and let God do something big in you so you can walk into the freedom that he has for you. When um, one of my mentors told me, he said, said, James, he goes, you need to do something, right? When when you pick something to do, you, you, you need to do something that that will like change your life, right? That will just like, you're, you're not doing it just to be doing it, but you're doing it because you want to leave a legacy. When we trade our time or we trade something, what we're doing is we're really giving a part of our life, right? When you give, give, give something to somebody or give your life to somebody, make it count. Make it worth something. And when he said that, it something clicked in my head because I was like, I don't just want my life to be ordinary. I want to do something that I can literally give my life for that's going to count. And one of the things that I found is, is sharing Jesus and living for Jesus. That's the biggest thing you can do, that you can share your life and legal, leave a legacy where all that stuff you can't leave. But there is something that you can leave behind, Right? My mom went on to heaven a couple years ago, but you know what she left? She left a legacy for us where we can see someone who loved Jesus and someone who prayed for me, and I think her prayers are still chasing me down, right? She could keep me out of trouble, right? I'd say, thank you, Jesus, now, but I'd get mad at her back then, right? Go to my cousins, and we got, they got plans. They're like, we're going to go out and do this and this and this, and I'm staying with them. I got like a week left at their house, and my mom would call, hey, I'm coming to get you. Why? I was praying, and I just don't feel good about you being there. Be ready, right? And I was like, oh, man, God, would you quit talking to her? (laughs) You know? But it was a legacy, an inheritance. You think your prayers don't count, right? They do, and they won't not just count while you're here. They'll count while you're gone. Right? Uh-huh. You can't outrun mama's and grandma's prayers, right? My grandma prayed for my cousins till she was blue in the face, and she went to heaven before she saw them get saved. And now every one of them are saved except one, and he's getting ready to be. 
right? So, so you cannot outrun the, the, those prayers, but there's a legacy. It's something that you're leaving behind that, that you didn't know that, that you had. And the best legacy that we can leave behind is walking in the legacy that Jesus left us, and that's freedom, right? Here, William Wallace, do you ever see Braveheart? Right? It's like, it's freedom, right? That dude was serious, right? He didn't want baggage. He didn't want this from the past. He didn't want to just be average. He, didn't, he just wanted to be free, right? And when you are so far in darkness and so far hurting and, and been in bondage to something and then God sets you free, you can't help but want to be free and want to walk in that freedom, right? But sometimes something happens as we get out and we're like, whoa, what are we doing here? Right? Moved into our house and after being in that trailer and we didn't have our couches in the house yet and so we got camp chairs. So we'd set out in the camp chair and we're looking. Whoa, we don't, can't touch the ceiling. <laughs> this is so big. Oh my goodness, wow. And two weeks later we're like, yeah, we might need a bigger house. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We're happy where we're at. But it, it things kind of you get used to it, and sometimes we get used to that freedom, right? Like we got these beds, and and um, we didn't have a bed, so we got these. Um, have you seen these blow-up mattresses that you get? I thought this is cool. It's a queen size, and my wife weighs like 120 pounds, and then we have a Chihuahua that weighs like six. Right? And so we're all sleeping on this little blow-up mattress, right? And I move over, and Linda and the Chihuahua both go flying in the air <laughs> and land on the floor. And the dog goes, rawr, rawr, rawr. And Linda's like, earthquake, earthquake. And I'm like, no, no, it's not an earthquake. I just rolled over. She's like, well, this ain't going to work. Right? So I had to get another mattress and sit beside her, right? I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> It's a good story, right? Right? Anyway, so you get used to your beds. You get used to other things. Then you try something and it may not work. There, I made it fit in, right? (laughs) But it's about freedom. It's a legacy of freedom. And um, we we need that freedom in our lives. And God God expects us to have that freedom because Jesus paid the ultimate price for us to be free. And I feel like if I don't walk in that freedom, I'm insulting the price that he paid for me, just like I feel like I'm insulting that turkey if I don't eat it. Right? The turkey, I don't care if you throw away. But Jesus, I do care. It's for freedom that he set us free. And that's what I want to walk in. And that's what I want to live in. And I don't want to go back to those shackles and go back to those old things that kept me burdened and kept me down. I want to step forward and watch and see what God's going to do in my heart and in my life, right? So, like, when is he going to read a scripture? I've been throwing scriptures in there. But now I'll read it so you guys will believe I'm really giving you some scripture. Okay. Exodus chapter 6, verse 1 says this. I'm reading from the, the, um, J, it's the J, JPS, it's the Tanakh. You're like, what is that? It's the 
Old Testament, right? It's the, the writings, you know, it's, the, it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, which is the Torah. Then you have the Nelaim and the, the Kedavim. And it's the, the writings and the prophets. But we're in Exodus. And I love this because it like, to me, I like, it just seems like it makes the Hebrew come alive in some places. Like when you're reading the Bible, do you know, ever notice like in Genesis chapter 1, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, right? It's G-O-D, right? What does that mean, right? Because pretty soon it changes to Lord God after he made Adam and Eve, right? When it's all done, it's Lord God, but it's a capital L. O-R-D. Then you get over it farther into the New Testament, and it's uh, capital L, little O-R-D. What does that mean? Was it, is that someone just, you know, off their meds when they were, like, publishing this thing? No. What it is is God means Elohim. When you see God in the, in the scriptures, it's Elohim. When you see capital L-O-R-D, that's Yahweh. That's Jehovah. Right? When you see capital L, little O-R-D, that's Adonai. That's Lord. And so you'll see it in all these different forms. And so now when you're reading the scripture, you're like, oh, I get it. This is a creator. Or it may say, say, say God Almighty, right? Or, or, or Yahweh Sabaoth, right? Which is the Lord of hosts. And you know who, his, who that is? That's Jesus. Right? And so when you see that, it's something that's so powerful that it opens your heart and opens your mind in a way that you never understood because he's a creator and he's God. He's almighty God, but he's just not God here. He, he's El Shaddai, right? He, he's Jehovah Nisi. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's everything you're going to ever need, everything you're going to ever want. And he says, I'll be what you need me to be for you because I love you that much. Not awesome. So we get here in Exodus, and we see that the Pharaoh Moses already met God at the burning bush, and he's got Aaron with him. And we're going into chapter six, where where God's talking to Moses, and they're they're going up to Pharaoh, saying, "Hey, let my people go." And he's already saying, "You know what? You want to go? I'm just going to make things harder." Right in verse five, he said, "I'm going to give you more straw." Right? Or you want straw, I'm going to take the straw away. You guys are just whiners and losers. and Right? You don't need that stuff. It made it harder. You know, sometimes right before your miracle, right before God sets you free, the enemy knows you're going. And he'll do everything he can to sabotage you to where you lose hope so that you don't step into that next season. Right, they could have been. They it it almost worked because they're like, "Hey, you're making this harder on us. Would you just shut up?" Do you know what I'm talking about? Just shut up, man. This is getting harder. We're supposed to be free. It's not that important. All they were asking for was for to be able to have the freedom to worship God outside. And you know what happened? God said that ain't going to be good enough because I'm going to set you free completely. Not just so that you're free to worship on Sundays. But so you're free to worship God on, there's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday too. Amen. Right? Amen. And so that we can live our life 
in him. And so, so here they come. We actually had that. And talking about legacy, I, had a, I have a colt that's really nice, and God blessed me with him. And he's a, he's a two-year-old stallion, and I have a mare that we've raised since she was a baby. She's 17. And it's really hard to get an older mare bred, but he accidentally did it. So we had two more weeks. Oh, we have two more months to go before the baby's born. And so um, we were just kind of like, oh, my gosh, we didn't mean for this to happen. And then we're like, yes, we got a baby coming. And it's going to be awesome because, like, my colt has a legacy, right? His dad's like the top. He's an Arab. I've never had an Arab before. It's almost like cussing when I say Arab because I'm a quarter horse guy. But he's awesome, right? And, and so, but his dad's like the top horse, one of the top horses in the world. And it's kind of a miracle I got him. And so we're thinking legacy. We got this legacy. And then our mare, we've had her since the day she was born. And she's a, she's a Palomino. She's beautiful. She's a cow horse. She's awesome. Like, you know what? We're going to extend our legacy. And it's going to go forward. So we get a call and where we're keeping her. And the lady's like, she's, she's down. She's having that baby. I'm like, uh, she can't be having that baby. It's not time. So we run out there. Had to call a vet. And the baby had died inside her. So they had to pull the baby out. and They got the baby out, and I was looking at the baby, and then the placenta come out, and I went with the vet, and we were looking at the placenta trying to figure out what happened. It was the most beautiful cold I ever seen. I was like, it just made my heart sick. Because like that, that was a legacy to us. That was a future to us. We were excited about that. And... Um, we're looking at the placenta, and I'm, we're trying to figure out, well, why it's so perfect. Everything's, she's perfect. She's like a 10-year-old mare, you know. She's just in great health. We got to looking at the umbilical cord, and it was herniated. It looked like somehow it gotten twisted, and what it did was it cut the air off, and the baby suffocated. Well, there's a word in Hebrew, and it's called tikvah. Anybody know what tikvah means? It means hope. But it also means an umbilical cord. Or it means like a rope. And so I was sitting there, and I was just thinking about that, and I was like, man, that air got cut off to it. And then I realized it had such a great future, and it had such a great thing to do, and then now all of a sudden it's just gone. And then I realized something. Do you know what happened to that colt? It lost hope. Its hope got cut off. You might be going through some stuff. And your only line and your only way to God is through that cord, that biblical cord, or is it biblical cord? Umbilical cord, not umbilical cord. Right? But it's through that cord. And you're sitting there, and you're eating, and it's going good, and then all of a sudden something cuts it off. Maybe it's an offense. Maybe it's baggage from the past. And you're like, oh my goodness. What am I going to do? Because I just can't breathe. I just don't feel anything. I don't feel connected to God no more. And then all that stuff feels like we're dying. But I want to tell you something. We have a God who's connected to you. And he can breathe life into that. And he can renew that hope. And you can live and you can go farther than you ever hoped that you could in this life. You can have that joy again, right? David said, restoring to me the joy of my salvation. We don't have to just be like, oh, yeah, 
Praise God, I didn't get killed today. <laughs> you know? We can have joy. Yes! I'm saved. I'm free. It's for freedom that he set me free and I got to hurry. <laughs> then the Lord said to Moses, You shall soon see what I will do to Pharaoh. He shall not let them go because of a greater might. Indeed, because of a greater might, he shall drive them from his land. God spoke to Moses and said to them, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai, but I did not make myself known to them by my name. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived lived in as sojourners. So now he's talking about several things. He's talking about his name. You have a name that's above every name. And do you know what that name is? That name is Jesus. And there's no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. And it's not because of how good looking you are or how great you are. It's because of how good God is and the price and the covenant that God made with you when he sent his son, his only son, to die on the cross for you. Isn't that awesome? I have now heard the moaning of the Israelites because the Egyptians are holding them in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Do you feel forgotten? Ever feel like God's not hearing you? Tell you, we're sitting in a travel trailer, and all of a sudden things started falling apart. Travel trailers are not meant to live in. Our electricity went out. So we have an electric cord going up and going into this little heater thing. And we're saying, God, I don't know what's going on, but something's got to happen. Because we're over this, right? In half the year, we have horses out there. So, so you ever live with 19 horses <laughs> around your house, right? God's got to do something. But you know something? God was getting ready to blow our minds with what he was going to do. Because in one day, we went from here to here. Amen. You, you might think that it's hopeless. And you might think it's getting worse and there's no hope. And that God's not hearing you. But I promise you, he's just setting things up. And when he does, he's going to blow your mind. And you're going to be like, wow, how did I get here? He cares. But he's not going to do it just because of you. He's going to do it because he loves you. And because of a covenant he has with you that comes through the blood of Jesus. Right? Mm -hmm. There's a song. It's ho damo. Shell Yeshua, oh damo, shell Yeshua. That's not English. It's cowboy, right? Ho. And then I had to add O to the word so we're not cussing. And then shell, like at the beach. And then Yeshua, like Jesus, right? No, it means, oh, the blood of Jesus. It's because of what Jesus done when he shed his blood. God will honor that for eternity and he will honor that in your life it's for freedom that he set us free so because of the Egyptians I have now heard the moaning of the Israelites because the Egyptians are holding them in bondage I have remembered my covenant say therefore to the Israelite people I am the Lord I will free you from the labors of the Egyptians and deliver you 
from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arms and through ex- extraordinary chastisements. Now here's some prophecy. Like, what are you talking about? He'll free us with outstretched arms and extraordinary chastisements. Do you know what happened? 2,000 years ago, Jesus went to the cross. When he was on that cross, he was chastised like no other man. He was beaten to where he was mutilated. He gets on the cross with his outstretched arms. And he died for us so that we can be free. You don't have to live in bondage. Maybe that bondage is just fear. Maybe it's sadness. I don't know whatever it is. Just give it to him. Say, I just thank you, Lord Jesus, for your freedom. I thank you that you died for me. I'm going to get you in the New Testament, and then I'm going to shut up so we can get out of here. I'm sure some of you got turkey to eat. <laughs> Galatians 5.1 says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not be encumbered once more by a yoke of slavery. Take notice. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I testify to every man who gets himself circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been severed from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. What happened? Jewish people were trying to get the Christian people to, to convert to Judaism, right? That's called Judaizers, right? You're already a new creation. When you accepted Jesus, you were already grafted in, right? But they were telling them, if you're not circumcised and if you don't follow this, you're not going to be saved and there's no hope for you. And Paul's telling them, if you try to keep the whole law aside from Jesus, you have fallen from grace. Maybe that's the burden that you're carrying. Maybe you've been trying to do everything right to earn your way to Jesus. And I'm telling you something, you'll never do it. It only comes from the blood of Jesus. And once you realize that he paid that price, he says, walk in freedom. If you fall down, get back up and keep walking. It's not giving you a license to sin. You don't need a license. I was good at it. Still can be. Right? What it's saying is, I... I value your freedom. I value what you've given me and I'm going to step forward and I'm going to live in that freedom and not return back to that yoke of slavery. It's for freedom that he sets you free. Now walk in it. Amen? So Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for being with us. And I just ask that you just reach down in our hearts and just... just Allow us to grow in you and walk in your freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.